Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, as usual, Corey Lynn and the Sharp Edge. How you guys doing? Hey there, doing good. Very busy. Very, very, very busy. busy. How are you I'm, doing? I'm chasing my tail as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Just um, just dealing with this uh, bullshit. Yeah. Which is one we of the got all kinds of stuff to cover today. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, we've got... Um, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Melbourne six lockdown, which was just imposed tonight. About six, it's like every week there's a ago, new one. <laughs> just seven hours ago. Now it's hitting a tipping point, though. So it's um, now it's getting beyond ridiculous, and people are reacting the way that um, I and I think most people would assume that the majority of the populace would act like. So we're going to talk about that just for a little bit. Um, uh, we're also going to go into, and this is what I was really interested in. Um, I haven't had a chance to read it, but I am very excited to discuss it. Um, a split in consciousness in our society between the narcissists who want to control others and the rest of us that want to be left alone. So that's a really interesting topic. And I know you guys read up on it and have done articles on it. So I'm really, really excited to get into that. We're going to talk about an update for your employee and student form that you did the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'd be good and your new report which is something about food i don't get it what was that yeah it's actually um an article that pete kennedy wrote that was really important information so i wanted to share it and then um and then i published a short article today as well on uh <laughs> a short exercise in dealing with fuckery and uh just just some other stuff that i haven't i'm working on you know part three of my huge report which will be out next week so, so yeah, lots to awesome. go over today. Yep. Let's start with you, Speaker. So you just got this sixth snap lockdown in Melbourne or in Victoria, right? Tell us about it. Oh, well, I just woke up to it about eight hours ago. Didn't even know it was happening. So apparently we've got seven new cases and two that are not. Uh, tracks so mysterious cases and it kicked off as you can see this is melbourne central at the moment the news was saying it's only a couple of hundred people that's more than a couple of hundred people yeah that's thousands uh and it's it's you can see the populace has had enough i mean there was there's flares going off as soon as flares start getting into flares masks people covering their hoodies you know we're getting to that um that stage Yep. where people are really getting pushed to the corner here and they're pissed off. And as you can see here, it's people from all different religions. That wasn't just, you know, it's not just Christians and everything. It's because Melbourne is a very diverse city, always has been. Yeah. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's just to the point now where these people are, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm in the boat, same boat with them. It's with the stress well, the mental health, the stress, the uh, the not getting into routine, the the yo-yo effect of this, like settling down and then, like the government has no other plan. Mm-hmm. They cannot keep doing this to businesses. I mean, we've already lost half of our small businesses. Our suicide rates going up. Our depressions going up. It's um, well, take Sydney, for example. I mean, they're dealing with it harder than us at the moment. I mean, they've got the military on the ground there making sure people don't uh, break lockdown laws. 
I heard about that. Actually having boots on the ground to make sure that unlawful mandates are followed. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Now I have a question. Do you know people in Sydney? I'm just wondering like how prevalent are they? Is it isolated to certain areas so they can get video viral going out to intimidate people? Or is it really happening across the board where this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I haven't talked to any of my friends in Sydney, but I do know that they've, uh, from the reports, I think there was about 400 soldiers. Hmm. Uh, just to protect the variants. So this is going from just reports that I can find kind of generally mainstream. Um, but yeah, well, a lot of people are calling it heavy handed and it is heavy handed. Absolutely. So who's the name of your premier? I forgot in Victoria. Uh, D Daniel Andrews. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I saw a video and I should have had that queued up of um, them marching um, and saying F Dan Andrews, F Dan Andrews, no more lockdowns, no more yeah. lockdowns. So, but then you had, had told me something interesting about something. Was it Dan Andrews had, that had said, actually said this quote about, uh, yeah, well, he just, he just said it then. Uh, he said, well, this lockdown could, uh, last for, you know, seven days. Well, they're saying seven days, but we know it's never seven days. It's never what they say. You know, the uh, fact that the military goes along with this absolutely disgusts me uh -huh. in every, in any country. It disgusts me. Well, you know, we've talked about wokeness in the military worldwide or especially I in know. the West. I so, know. But... Um, yeah, so he said, um, I'm trying to remember the correct quote off my head, but um, yeah, he said it, this could last for seven days. It could last for two weeks, it could last for a month, or it could last until the whole population gets vaccinated. Wow. <laughs> well, you there know, you have it. Right there is, that's the reason. That's the reason yeah, for all of this. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, it's like de Blasio. I mean, the, the oh, New York City now has to be mandated. We're not messing around anymore. Yada, yada. Everyone has to, in order to get into, what is it like restaurants, you know, they start out with the more leisurely activities and then they encourage the businesses. And then actually, no, they did say that businesses are going to have to demand that their uh, employees get vaccinated. I mean, the whole thing is a shit show. And I'm telling you what, people in New York better be out on those streets because if they tolerate this and submit to this, it, which I know we're going to get into with these other two videos, it's just unbelievable. And, and on a separate note, I just want to give an example since we're going to get into the whole psychological thing. I went to my PO box the other day, which I've had for like, I don't know, four years, five years. And the guy knows me by name. You know, I go in there every couple of weeks. He's, he says, Hey, Corey, how you doing today? I said, good. Well, I didn't have my keys with me the other day because my truck was being worked on. And so I was dropped off. I run in and I go, oh, can you do me a favor and grab my mail? I didn't bring my keys. So as he's walking back there, he goes, I'm going to need to see an ID. And I just, I go, what? And I started laughing, thinking he's messing around with me. So he comes out with mail. He goes, yeah, I'm going to need to see an ID. I go, but you know me. Why, since when do you need to see an ID? You know who I am. And he goes, Oh, it's, it's a new, new, new regulations by the U.S. post office that we have to require ID. And I'm thinking, dude, there's no cameras in here. There's no one standing over you. 
we're alone, you know me. So you're willing to depersonalize our relationship and take this to a whole new level and simply submit and do as you're told that has no logic in it at all because you already know who I am. It's one thing if, a, if someone walked in for the first time who had a PO box and he's never seen their face and he wants to verify that that's them. Right. This is the mentality that is happening in people's heads. This automatic submission to it's do as they're told. And it's a conditioning. It's that slow yeah. walk. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so for an example of what you just said there, I, like I said, I've got a mate that works at Shell. He works the night shift. Every time before I do this recording, I go down there, I get a coffee. Um, when he's working and there's no other cars around and stuff, um, you know, I just walk in without my mask, absolutely plain as day. Right. Right. So there's, no, there's no issue. And I'll sit there and talk to him and he'll take off his mask and talk to me. He has to, otherwise he's going to get fired. Right. So it's like, it's one of those things. Uh, but yeah, he takes it off when I'm there and we chat and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, that's a good example. Like, you know, he's, we're not going to diminish our relationship because of some stupid things. Like we, we realize that it's right. stupid. So right. it's, um, yeah, so it doesn't bother. It doesn't say anything or, you know, I'm not, don't say anything to him because I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. And these are great stories that are going to actually lead us into kind of the meat of what we're talking about today, which is the psychological split in consciousness and like two completely different worldviews going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But speaker, you had a video um, that was interesting. I just saw like a, a few minutes of it. Um, do you want to, you know, set this yeah, up? Uh, well, I, I just saw this before. It came up on my recommendations. Surprisingly, I don't know why. I'm, I'm not signed to any of these YouTube channels or anything. But this is an Orthodox priest in Sydney talking about what's going on there. Um, and I just wanted to play it because, uh, as you know, I'm not religious in any way. But when you see someone talking passionately and talking truth, and talking with really great conviction, it is very motivating for you know a lot of people. So it, it yeah. doesn't matter what 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 side you're on. Right. Um, and and like I said, Sydney's copying it the worst. So to see that come out of there is really really good. The 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 issue that's uh, strange with Sydney at the moment. I know you you how you have all these you know uh, leftists we'll call them that you know preach against. Uh, racial problems and all this shit now that's actually going on in sydney at the moment because of this virus it's hitting the rural diverse areas it's hitting those areas harder than it's hitting anyone else and you've actually got civil rights groups forming there now and doing that for actual reasons right Mm -hmm. for actual oppressive reasons because it's hitting them massively right and and you know and now you're putting soldiers on the ground as well uh, to intimidate them. I mean, these people can't pay their bills. They can't pay their mortgages. They can't go to work. And Unbelievable. Now you're smashing those areas with soldiers now to make sure they don't leave their houses. So it is very intimidating. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to show, like, just a minute of um, this man speaking. Um, it, yeah, he really hits at home, so. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. Roll. Let's roll it. I just wonder what has become of Australia. I just wonder, is this Australia? I don't recognize it anymore. Apparently, you have no right to say nothing anymore, and yet they claim that they have freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Where is it? Where is it? Where are the church leaders, I wonder? They are encouraging people to go and take vaccine. 
They are encouraging people to stay at home. They've had enough. They are sick and tired of being locked. Are we humans or are we animals? Because we are treated like animals. This is an absolute mass slavery. In the core of it, it is an absolute mass slavery. I am begging and I am asking the government on both levels, state and federal, to reconsider these rules which are absolutely out of limits. Yeah, so that's just a short clip of um, just this one church leader speaking out, and he speaks so well, eloquently, and he speaks the truth, and it's it's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So good. We need good stuff. We need. We need, we need more. more of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see the Australian people. I was wondering. I'm like, there's going to be more lockdowns. I just know it. I mean, if you've had five already, there's going to be six, seven, eight. When? does this stop? And it only stops when the people say enough. And uh, it looks like people have really been stretched to their limits with the oh, yeah. sixth lockdown. So uh, interesting to see what happens going forward um, as they try to enforce this lockdown. Because again, this was just uh, you know a few hours ago they, enforced, they, they announced it, right? I mean, what's, what's the criteria now for lockdown? Is it just whenever they want? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and we're pretty confident that they're inflating the numbers on people vaccinated. So they're going to keep pushing harder and harder and harder to uh, get that done. Yeah. It's just, but, but this, this video, I was shocked when I watched the dice video that yeah. that clip we're going to roll just unbelievable how willing people are to say, okay, yeah, let's just throw our fellow citizens in jail. Let's just have them arrested because they need to get vaccinated. They don't get free choice here in this. Yeah, I, maybe we should roll that clip and then we'll get into the psychology of it all. Okay, all right. There's a growing controversy about mandatory vaccinations and I want to see if Americans are willing to arrest those others who refuse to take this coronavirus vaccine. Violating the most fundamental rights of one's personal liberty. You know, a lot of people still haven't taken the vaccine with everything that's going on, so yeah. we're trying to mandate the vaccination. Oh, of, no. No. We want to start arresting them if they're not going to be taking oh, that. Are you kidding me? That's what the petition is for, oh, sir. You don't... That's fascism, man. Quick, we support mandating the vaccine. A lot of people still refusing to take it, and they're putting the rest of us at Let's risk, see. so. We're going to start mandating the vaccine or start arresting these oh, anti-vaxxers if they're not going to follow the rules. Birth date and a signature. I don't want to hear any of this my body, my choice stuff in today's new world order. We're going to we're going to put things right. Thank you. So we're going to start having them arrested if they refuse. I agree. Print birth date signature to incarcerate the anti-vaxxers. I'm not sure what country they think they're living in. Some people are concerned about any possible long-term side effects that haven't shown up in studies yet, but the time to worry about that's in the future. So for now, they can worry about that in jail if they refuse to take the vaccine. It's time for some firm measures to 
take care of these people and you know they can Well, it's time it's time to give them a little incentive and they can think about what they've done sitting in jail until they're ready to take the jab. Thank you. We signed the petition to start arresting these anti-vaxxers that haven't got the vaccine yet. They're You want to arrest people for not getting a vaccine? They're contributing to the Delta variant being spread. No. Yeah, just to mandate the vaccine for everybody or to stop the anti-vaxxers, it's time to start arresting them if they refuse. And drastic times take drastic measures to resolve these issues. So, yeah. the governor just mandated it for all healthcare workers today. Good. And so we're going to mandate it for everybody, or they can sit in jail and think about what they've done. Yeah, the Delta variant. Yep. Is on them. It's the primary strain in many areas now. Thank you very much. Thank you for your concern for others. We want to mandate the vaccine. A lot of these anti-vaxxers are still refusing to get vaccinated, but we still need some more signatures to make sure that we can arrest them if they refuse. Mandate, mandate the vaccine. We're going to force them to take it. Yeah, print, birth date, and a signature. You know, it's been long enough for them to make a decision, so we're going to make that decision for them. And if they refuse to take it, we're going to have them arrested. Thank you for your support. We'll be able to identify these people, and if they refuse, then we'll have them arrested. Support mandating the vaccine. A lot of these people still refusing to take the vaccine and putting everyone else at risk. We want to start. I wouldn't sign that ever. No. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Wow. Unbelievable how many people were like, oh, yeah, let me sign that. Let's just put everyone in jail. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no bigger consciousness there. There's like they're not thinking about it. Oh, right. Right. Like they're, not, they're, they're not thinking about uh, where this leads or what this does. Or like, it's, it's, it's strange. It's strange to watch. It, it is, is strange to watch. Now, the, just to, to let you guys know, this is just a, a clip of a longer video, and you can watch that on Mark Dice's channel. Um, but I tallied the number of people. And, I, you, of course, the video is edit, edited, so you're not really sure exactly who many, how many he talked to. But So this isn't a, a scientific poll by any means. But 21 people on that video, seven said, hell no. And 14 said, yes, great idea crazy absolutely crazy of course this is in san diego <laughs> california <laughs> right but it gives you an idea of the mindset in different locales and we know you know california new york very different mindset yeah. than pretty much picture him somewhere else you know out in the in the burbs in a red state and they probably would have taken the petition board right out of his hands and not given it back <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, Speaker, to say that a lot of these people are really just not even thinking. They're just They're going along. Time. Yeah. Right. There, there are those who are the narcissists who want to control. But then there are those who just are fearful and they're willing to comply with pretty much anything just to make psychological torture stop and yep. they're just going along. It's really shocking to realize how many people are driven by that fear. Yeah, it's like like I'm I'm friends with a lot of people on the other side um, that have 
I wouldn't say completely complied. They've done what they've had to do for the meantime because in their mind, uh, they're not thinking about either long-term ramifications or the fact that this is going to continue. This is not, it, it doesn't matter if you do what they say, this is not going to stop. But I think a lot of them, once you start talking to them a little bit, uh, it is kind of like what you said, Edge. Uh, there is a lot of fear there. You know, there's financial fear, emotional fear, uh, societal fears. You know, like all, all these things come up. And, you know, yeah, people do have to find the strength to speak openly and, and speak out. Um, I think that, that those people are growing to the idea now once they're seeing it more prevalently because they're not completely unconscious beings. Like, I love a lot of them. A lot of them are my very close yeah. friends, and I talk to them a lot. Um, and they're kind of realizing now. And the people that still have a little bit of consciousness still in them will realize. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it can't al- keep going without them waking up. So. It's almost like a fight or flight mode hmm. where people people like us are going to say, oh, we're fighting this to the bitter end. You know, we're going to confront it. We're going to process it. We're going to assess it. And the other people just kind of checked out you know, and they just went into flight mode because they feel trapped and scared. And so they're just, they're, they're doing whatever they can to just, just get through it as fast as possible, you know, but then you also have people to the extreme that are, that have become completely um, like we're going to see in the next clip where he talks about narcissism, you know, where they, it's almost like this, um, the fear has now turned into this, this, narcissism this power play this everyone needs to get it and you know rage and violence and anger and which of course is all all conditioning from everything around them everywhere you turn that's all you see is get vaccinated get vaccinated get vaccinated right right there's there's that social push there's that push from your job there's that push from the government from the media from social media from the schools it's all over it's Unless really hard. You go out in nature and take a stroll. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for some people no, to not succumb. No, you can't do that. You you get arrested. That's well, not allowed. Well, uh, yeah, in Victoria apparently, and other no, parts of Australia for sure. No, no, no. They've granted us the exercise right. We can exercise, but it can only be for like thirty minutes and only five k's away from our home. Unbelievable! I'd screw wow. that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, with all of the talk of the mandates, everything coming out of New York and then many major companies and even the government, federal employees and the military, there's just a lot of talks about the shot, who's getting it, who's not, who, what people are willing to do about this. And it just seems like one side is just absolutely hating and wanting to control the other. So it's really interesting to have this talk about the psychology behind all of it. And I caught this video, um, part of a conference that America's Frontline Doctors did. It was like a two or three hour long um, symposium with all kinds of doctors talking about all kinds of things. This particular doctor, um, he is so Dr. Mark McDonald, um, he is talking about the psychology behind it. And I thought that that would be really a good clip to play. Um, it's part of a longer video that's about 18 minutes long. And we could possibly just leave that in the, uh, the description if people want to catch the whole thing, because it's actually really good. But we, we had, for the sake of time, uh, we trimmed it down to six minutes to get the gist of it. And we'll talk about it. You guys want to roll this? Yeah. 
All right. Right now, we have two different groups of people. We have the people who are traumatized, fearful, compliant, who are creating problems for us. And then we have another group of people who are trying to solve it. We have essentially created a split society in the last year and a half, a very, very split society. And I mean that in a psychological sense, not just in the sense of politics and uh, points of view and hobbies and East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. I mean truly a psychological split. On the one hand, we have a group of people who are aligned psychologically with narcissism and a, a great urge and desire to control. What I mean by that is we have people who are so highly preoccupied with themselves, their own self-worth, their own self-importance, and concurrently this desire to tell other people what to do, that they're running around self-policing. <laughs> and I know we've all experienced this. We've all heard stories about this, about these policers, whether they're flight attendants, whether they're grocers, whether they're men at the door. Now, some of them obviously are forced to do this because it's their job. I'm not including those, but we all know, we can tell when somebody really, really likes doing it. So those are the narcissists. Those are the ones that want to control our lives. And they're unfortunately not just around us self-policing. They're also in public office. Most prominently, those who are not elected, the bureaucrats. They're the worst. They're the worst because they're not accountable to the voters. They're also largely not that bright not that hardworking and not that well-educated, largely. And they're also very, very, very eager to finally be able to lord over others the power that they never had in their lowly bureaucratic life. And that's what they're doing now, all over the country. On the other side of things, the people who are not in that camp, I would say or describe as those who want to think for themselves and want to be left alone. They don't want to control the lives of other people, and they also don't really think that highly of themselves. They don't think that they're special. They don't think that they have the right to dictate the lives and actions and words and behaviors of other people. They just want to live their lives with their families and go about their business. But the other side, the side of the narcissists, those that want to control, they are very, very well organized, and they are very well funded. And they will stop at nothing, because all they care about is themselves. So we need to be equally powerful, equally strong, equally organized, and also equally willing to lose something. And often the biggest thing that you lose isn't your money or even your job. It's your comfort. It's your feeling of being accepted and liked. Children that I work with, adolescents, once they reach a certain age, probably about eight or nine up to maybe 17 or 18, they are more influenced by their peers and whether their peers accept and like them than they are by anyone else in their life, including their own parents. And parents in the room can probably attest to this. So that urge to be accepted is so amazingly powerful. And the side of control has used that to their advantage to coerce children into getting vaccinated. I don't know a single child in my practice who has come to me and said, I really feel like I... I'm going to be a lot stronger and safer if I get this vaccination because it's medically just great for me. Every single one has said the same thing. 
I won't be able to get my job at the camp this summer. I won't be able to play with my friends if I don't get this vaccination. Or I just don't think I'm going to be liked anymore if I'm the only one that doesn't get this shot. That's the definition of coercion. That is not consent, that is coercion. We as adults have to accept that we also feel similar pressures in our lives, maybe not to that degree, but we do feel them. And we have to acknowledge that if we're going to stand up to lies and propaganda and pressure and coercion through truth and courage, we may be ostracized, we may lose friends, we may not be liked, we may be criticized. And that can really hurt. But the alternative is worse. The alternative is just letting things go bit by bit until there's nothing left at the end. I keep getting reminded of that famous poem that was written by the German who left the camps after World War II. Said first they came for this person, first they came for that person. And each time I said nothing, I said nothing, I said nothing because I wasn't gay, I wasn't homosexual, I wasn't a gypsy, I wasn't uh, uh, anti-government. And then finally they came for me and I looked around and there was no one there because they had taken everyone else already. That's kind of what we're up against, really. We really have to stand up and speak out and, and, and protect the other people, even if it doesn't help us, even if it hurts us somewhat, and start to form larger and larger groups to push back against the narcissists who want to control us, to stand firm and strong. And I think that if we can do that, and we can allow for some risk and loss, I think we can win this battle, or I should say the war. We may lose some of the battles. I hope that we can be prepared to do that because the alternative is pretty dark. Thank you. Very well said. Yeah. I, I think for me, one of the biggest things is that I've noticed is when I post something that says, you know, or when we've talked in podcasts about you know, sacrificing this or being okay with not going to a concert. And then we'll get all this backlash. I'm not giving up that. What do you mean? We shouldn't have to give up anything. Well, <clears throat> that's what we have a constitution for and all this. And people need to realize, unfortunately, we've moved beyond that point. Like at this point, if if, if you're going to tr keep trying to hold on to the past and the, and the way things were, you're, you're not going to get very far ahead. You, you have to be willing to sacrifice like what he was saying. We're at that stage of the game. You have to be, we've been at that stage of the game for the past year and a half. You have to be willing to sacrifice certain things in order to combat this and in order to focus on the building up of the communities and the strength end of it, instead of getting caught in the past and trying to fight something that, that is futile at this point. And I'm not talking about all things, obviously, but um, you know, the biggest one is, is the job because I've walked out of many jobs um, because I just, I won't tolerate stuff. So when people say they're gonna lose their job and I get it, some people have family, some people have kids, but it's like, do you, you have to look ahead and see where this is going. 
and right. go and go, is this worth it? Do I need to take this leap of faith? Do I need to find work somewhere else? Do I need to group and band together with other people and we create our own work so that we can survive and support one another? You know, you have to start thinking outside the box. Right. I think that it's a mindset. It's a mindset that we're actually at war. And once you get into that mindset, then you start realizing that, okay, in previous wars, there was a lot of sacrifice, self-sacrifice made. Um, And so if you get into kind of that mindset, you start to understand, yes, there's, there's going to be some sacrifices that I have to make in order to stand my ground on what really matters. And that may for some people be, uh, doing some sort of legal action with, uh, you know, their jobs to um, not take the, you know, the uh, mandate. And um, for other people, it may just be um, speaking their minds and, and not being afraid of being ostracized by their family and friends. So that everybody's going to, to have losses and already has Right. We've already sustained lots of losses and that's going to continue. But, but if we have that mindset of in order to win this war, we're going to have to put some skin in the game and all just have that courage and not be afraid to um, have some losses or some sacrifices in order to stand for what's right and to stand for what really matters ultimately, then we'll be better off. And and I, I also like the idea that he talked about, and he really went in depth about this in the longer video, is how it starts with just that, each individual having courage and standing up. Then it goes to speaking about that with others, and then it forms a group and then that group gets bigger and then we start creating our own institutions that um, live outside of or take over the corrupt ones because those are just completely in most cases they're lost and so I know I understand that people say well we do have a constitution and we have this and that to protect our rights but we're living in a side of a government that does not recognize the law or the constitution don't take people to court because everyone absolutely do do that yeah i mean you can look at you can look at the bill of rights and what you have a good mirror to this is the magna carta in england um and what's happened to the uk Uh, so if those that don't know the magna carta is the royal charter of rights that uh most of the laws and stuff that that was governed through england was um read from magna carta it was very similar to your Bill, bill of rights nowadays it's not worth the paper it's written on it's just mm. it's thrown out the window it's not it's not worth anything you yeah, have to have a circle. rule of law you have to have a government mm. that um that respects the rule of law in order yeah. for the the laws that are on the books to be enforced period right well and another thing is from an emotional and psychological standpoint just not complying and standing up and speaking your truth is going to make you a hell of a lot stronger as time goes on you're going to feel more confident, more empowered. Um, you're going to feel like you're not going to have, um, you know, guilt or regret um, over decisions because you went against what you morally felt was right, um, or you you gave into something, you know. So it, it, you'll build yourself up to be stronger moving forward. The more steps you take. 
I mean, the biggest thing to all of this is not complying. Um, and obviously speaking out and building the communities. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to this, but yeah, like it's like in part five of the COVID report um, that I had done. Gosh, when did I do that? Let's see, February was part five. Um, I had gone through a 92 page document by the CIA that was a compilation of 300 classified and unclassified documents where they did this study on um, human resource. It was the human resource exploitation manual where they talk about the learned helplessness. And they say, when reduced to extreme dependency and confusion, the individual is ready to react favorably to any person or idea which promises to end his painfully confused state. At this point, the re-education begins. Uh, let me just read a couple others real quick here. The process of brainwashing is essentially one in which two paths are being followed. One is the demoralizing process, the result of which is to reduce the victim's critical faculties to the point where he no longer discrim discriminates clearly between true and false, logical and illogical. The other is the reorganizing process in which he is required to construct his confessions, elaborate it, defend it, and believe it. And so we literally are in the thick of a, of, of a giant psychological conditioning and brainwashing. And how fantastic how many millions of us are, are I'm not going to say thriving, but are holding our own, seeing right through this and, and doing what we need to do to take care of ourselves and our families. And you have to keep your reminding yourself that so that you don't, you don't get so caught up in the entrapment that that trapped feeling that isolating feeling they're trying to push on everyone to break you down right they definitely want to isolate because w when we're divided we're so much um less of a force but when we unite and uh form into groups and then uh take action um, then we're definitely a force to be reckoned with if you think about the narcissists who are really controlling all of this um, they're just a tiny fraction. I'd say a lot of the people who are going along with the program are just those that have been brainwashed and living in fear. And they are basically, oh, what is that, um, that syndrome when you um, sympathize with your captor? Um, it's like <laughs> St Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. What... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, where you sympathize with your captor and you kind of become an ally with them and and are just willing to go along with any kind of, of anything they request so long as the torture will stop. And uh, it is psychological torture what, what they're putting all of us through. It is. Yep, absolutely. Interesting. Hi. So do you want to talk about what you've been working on and what's been published on your site lately? Yeah. So for those who haven't seen it yet. Um, okay. So we'll go into that one first. So the food one. So this was uh, put together by Pete Kennedy uh, and it was on the Solari report. So I asked Catherine if I could publish this because it's fantastic. Um and basically what he did, if you scroll down a little bit, 
it's bills that legislators passed in 2021 that are centered uh, mainly in four areas. So this has to do with local food in the state houses. And uh, it's kind of funny because you look at this and, you know, he breaks it down into four categories, which is cottage food, uh, food freedom, meat, and raw unpasteurized dairy products. And you look at some of this and you go, why is this even regulated? You know, right. like the unregulated sale of most or all foods direct from producer to consumer, except meat due to federal law, including foods that do that do need time and temperature control for safety. Okay. So we have cottage food, which is unregulated or minimally regulated sales direct from producer to consumer of foods prepared in an individual's home that don't need time or temperature control for safety, i.e. baked goods, jellies, fermented foods, that type of thing. Now I can understand, I can understand the slaughtering of meat in the facilities and needing to make sure that these are up to par. It's just, we're in such a corrupt system <laughs> that you go, nah, man, we don't need you people regulating this. And right. so these are these, but these are very, very positive bills. And I'm so grateful he put this together. Um, he goes state by state and he shows the different legislation that's been passed uh, this year in some states so that they're making headway. You know, the farmers and ranchers and the local food growers, everyone's trying to um push forward with this for food security, because that's so important with everything coming down the pike. And so this is something we can't lose sight of. And I love it because at the end of this, Pete says, for those interested in working on local food legislation in their state, they can email him and there's a link there. So this is, this is another um, way that people can get involved with, you know, something positive to make this change and in their state. And it's, it's really, this is really important stuff, especially in the meat industry with, with what they're trying to pull there. And we won't get into all that good stuff. Yeah. Well uh, done because food security, I think is something that is going to become more and more of an issue in the very near future. Oh yeah. And we've, we've both covered that one um, yes. just over the last couple of months, in fact. And then we have, uh, what do you got next? Is it the forms or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I did these back in May. Uh, the employee form for uh, whose employers are requiring COVID-19 injections. And then I did one um, for students for uh, universities and colleges. And I had written those for the Solari report. And so with everything starting to evolve with the injections and how they're talking about, you know, the FDA might, might do full authorized, full approval of these coming up this fall, which they best not, but, you know, corrupt system that, uh, the Solari team thought it best to kind of go in and to do a little tweaking, do a little updating. So we still have, um, so the form really did, didn't change a whole lot. We probably, you know, took the language out about emergency use because, in case they go and change it to full approval. Um, but what I wanted people to know too is there's a lot of lot of resources in here, a lot of evidence in here, links to sources. There's uh, medical and legal assistance in here. And then of course you have the PDF printable forms. So everybody share those far and wide 
for employees and uh, students. And, you know, I would like to see, I, I know we've only, I, at least I've only heard of a couple instances of this where you get a bunch of employees to band together and walk the hell out. And they say, you know what, we're all going to leave unless, you know, you remove this insane mandate. Um, we need to see a lot of that because that's going to force these businesses to think twice about this. And then we need to see that is an area where we need to see more court action. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, I've been hearing a lot about, um, you know, these mandates and, and in particular, like people asking, what, what do I do? How do I fight this? And um, heard some, some legal advice from a couple of America's frontline doctors. They were talking about, you know, um, well, first of all, this report right here, this uh, form, but they were talking about um, the medical exemptions and the religious exemptions. And, and and apparently it's really hard to get a medical exemption these days. But um, so they're suggesting a lot of people, you know, start, start from um, a religious exemption if they, if that applies for them. And um, so I, I don't know if you covered that at all in um, any part of this report or if that's separate? You know what? I'd have to, I, I can't even remember. I've been so deeply buried in what I'm working on right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Um, and there's probably even a link, or at least I know I've done that in other reports where I've linked to websites that actually have the full breakdown of the state's, um, laws on medical and religious exemption and some of them even have philosophical exemptions cool uh yeah so check yeah. your states and um learn a little bit learn up a little bit about those medical exempt i mean those uh religious exemptions and um how to pursue those as well that would be my suggestion too um if you wanted to uh, make some sort of legal action um against your employer yeah what do you think yep. Absolutely. And then, you know, in Canada, you just published um, the gentleman who, uh, what was it? He took his employer to court, wasn't it? Was it his employer? I didn't no, get to watch he, the whole video. Um, he was a protester who was protesting lockdowns. He ended up getting a ticket. I think it was about a $1,200 ticket. He fought it in court. And as part of his um, discovery process, he subpoenaed the uh, top health official in Alberta for the COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2, uh, for the isolation of that To virus. prove that the virus existed. Right. Yes, yes. And, and they, of course, couldn't, couldn't provide it. They couldn't provide it. And so that was the whole justification for all of the uh, mandates in Alberta. And uh -huh. so after that whole court hearing, then consequently, they uh, changed all of the listed all of these restrictions in Alberta. And uh, so he was like, look, this is a great pathway for people to use across the country, around the world, if you're facing these kinds of mandates to and it, and it does end up going to court, you can subpoena the health officials who impose the mandates. And um, as part of that subpoena, you know, request for material evidence of the SARS-CoV-2 uh, isolation of that virus, which is smart. impossible to produce. So, right. Yeah. Smart play. Very smart play. People need, everyone needs to start getting creative 
that's a good one. Yeah, for sure. So what else do you got going on? Um, I know that you did a, um, another short article you just published. <laughs> oh yeah. This one's just the title. Kind of, it's kind of a fun little like step into our world and follow along to this visualization exercise here. It's literally a three minute read. So, um, we can link that below the video. Um, yeah. And then what I've been working on though, is part three of the digital identity where I'm breaking down the main groups that are working on this, what areas they're working on, how they're intending on integrating this, um, you know, full blown all the way through to the blockchain and oh, holy cow, there's some astounding information in here and crazy connections and, I will have that. I'm already up to like 30 pages on this, dude. Wow. So I can't help it. I mean, I have literally over, I can't even tell you how many, like over 600 pages of information I've read that I consolidated down to about 70 pages of written notes um, from my research. And now I'm consolidating that down to a report to get it as short as I can with all the critical information. And it's, you know, probably going to end up being close to 40 pages by the time it's said and done. Um, it's going to be a I'm, book. I'm, I, all my reports are books. It's <laughs> I'm like, I got to stop cranking these out every two weeks. I'm going to kill myself. So, and then I still have a part four to that, which will be the final part, which gets more into the QR codes, the blockchains, because boy, do I got some history on that the um digital currency ai transhumanism like that end of it kind of their their end game um but then simultaneously i'm also working on um a family tree yes i heard i can't <laughs> and, wait for the details on this i know and it's a family tree that to my knowledge has never been out there is very difficult to find and put together and so that's been a little pet project of mine for the past two months and um i've i'm got some pretty solid work done on that so once i finish part three i'm going to kind of jump into typing that up and trying to make a few more connections but i'm not going to go crazy on connections i'm going to let all the other researchers go crazy on that because this is really important information i think that needs to get out um i'm sure that i am going to take some fire for this one um because they have gone to great lengths to scrub all of this but i don't care it's they always out. do all of these willing to take the heat. yeah i'm willing to take the heat baby so that'll come out some i don't want to put a deadline on it but sometime in the next few weeks i'll also be publishing that probably before i get part four finalized mm -hmm. yeah and so uh, lots going on yeah, we're, we're, we're going to make a video on Monday, I think, uh, talking about the uh, the indoctrination of children that I think we might have to post on just be shoot, but we'll see how that goes. Well, particularly with the sexualization and the pushing for the uh, gender dysphoria in children, and um, we, we're going to talk about some specific examples that have been going around lately. Uh, one video that I saw of some parents reading just some disgusting yeah. books that are in the school library that are part of the school 
uh, program from all ages from K all the way through 12. And these are the types of books that you would just, I mean, be shocked. Your jaw will drop when you hear some of the text. And um, the parents typically would not have known about this. Um, had they had COVID not happened, had lockdowns not happened, they became much more aware of the kinds of things that were going on in the classroom and behind the scenes that normally the schools have been keeping from the parents. It's really infuriating, but and, it, um, and it's it's really important to keep staying on top of this and getting this information out. And and before we conclude, though, I want to add to that um, two different suspicions I have. One based on all the research I've done and where this game is heading of theirs game to them, not to us, but um, I highly suspect and believe that they are trying to collapse the school system because they already have in play, which I will show in the next few weeks. Um, they already pre-built up the virtual school system. And so my warning to parents is, um, if you're going to pull your kids out of public school to homeschool, don't hook them up onto a virtual system because it's going to be the same shit. Unless you know people independently that are good people that are working on a system like that, <clears throat> don't go with some huge network that is doing the virtual schooling. So they, they want everyone plugged in. That's their end game. So by doing the telemedicine, working remotely, doing the virtual schooling, they have us all plugged in. The other thing is, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this, I meant to bring this up before. <clears throat> One of my other suspicions is they're gonna start doing a reversal one day on the VAX. So, so right now they've been pushing for a long time that they don't want voter ID, right? And, but yet they want the digital identity and they want everyone to have it. And they want everyone to have the QR code on their smartphone, which will eventually go onto the blockchain. And so we're going to demand the vaccines and we're going to demand the, um, the ID passports, which will ultimately turn into what I just talked about. And when that happens, if you haven't been vaccinated, are you going to be allowed in to a facility to vote? Or are you going to have to mail in your votes? And now we have the whole thing on the mail-in ballots going on where legislation is all being altered and changed around that. And then I stop and think about all the immigrants coming in through the border. Hmm. What are they doing with them? Are they handing them a smartphone? Are they inoculating them? Are they saying, in order to get your votes, we're going to need you guys in this system with a digital identity too. And we need to show that you have been vaccinated. So what do you guys think about all that? Yeah, I've thought about that too, those two conflicting things. It's like they want everybody to have these digital identi identities, but um, then on the other hand, they don't want any kind of ID whatsoever for, that's voter suppression. So um, that you, you, can't, you can't have one or, you know, without the other. But they know that mostly the conservatives are the ones that are not getting vaccinated. Right. And so how genius to say, well, you can't come in and vote. And so you're all going to have to vote by mail. And are those going to make it and get documented in the system? And we've mm -hmm. got to start thinking outside of the box and say, no, we'll just set up our own um, voting sites 
for the Voting unvaccinated. We're, we're segregating <laughs> our. This, we're going back to segregation. Great. Yeah. <laughs> these people aren't stupid. They're not stupid. It's just nope, nope. Yeah. So just something to keep an eye on. I was that just popped in my head the other day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something to think about and maybe we can pick up on later in another podcast. But I think that we pretty much covered everything for today. So thanks, guys, for joining us today on Dig It with the speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.